0: Welcome to the Artisan CEO, where the art of photography meets the business of profits. This is where strategy and craftsmanship coexist so that you can run a creative business that supports a life you love. I'm your host, Abby Grace, and I promise to give it to you straight. It was 2015 and I was in Aix-en-Provence, this beautiful town in the south of France with winding cobblestone alleys and crumbling bricks and farmers markets with local farmers and artisans, the whole place was heaven. I was on a solo trip in Europe and I had three nights in X on my own and I actually loved it so much I brought Matt back with me the following year. So while the bulk of my trip was amazing, my last few hours in X were a crap show. I had a train I was supposed to catch at 9 so I planned to leave at 7:30 a.m. from my Airbnb which was this adorable studio on the fourth floor of this apartment building that was covered in ivy and I wanted to have enough time to get me to the train station and turn in my rental car my Airbnb instructions said to leave the keys on the counter of the apartment which meant that as soon as I shut the door I couldn't get back in pas de problème I was leaving so no issue there right well, what i'd forgotten to account for was the front door of the apartment building so in french apartments you need a code or a key to get into the main doors typically double like large double doors and then you need another key to get into your individual apartment and the front doors of this building to my knowledge had always needed to be unlocked both from outside and inside with the second key that my host had given me usually French doors have a button that you can push inside the foyer that will release the lock on the front door. So you don't need a key, but for the life of me, for this specific apartment, I could not find one. So either it was hidden or it didn't exist because I always needed a key to get out. I'm sure you guys are seeing the the problem that's coming here, right? (laughs) So I locked the apartment door behind me. I lugged my heavy suitcase down four flights of stairs because there was no elevator. I got to the front doors and I realized, crap. How am I gonna get out of here? I don't have the key to get out of the apartment. It's sitting on the countertop inside the apartment that I just locked behind me. I didn't have Wi-Fi, and the apartment signal didn't reach down to the main floors. And I also didn't have data. I had opted out of the international data plan, which was a good idea for every moment of my trip, except for this one. I was stuck in the foyer of this apartment building and I had no idea how to get out. I love traveling alone. I still love doing it to this day, But this was the first time that I had really and truly felt like I was on my own. No one was coming to rescue me, and I had to figure out a way to get myself out of the situation. So I started by walking back up to the fourth floor to right outside the apartment door and tried contacting my host while hanging out on the tiny landing. No dice, she wasn't available. I tried knocking on a few doors to see if maybe a neighbor could help me, and either every person in that apartment building was on vacation Or, no one felt like answering the door at 7.30 in the morning, which was more likely the issue because, after all, miss, this is France, they're not known for being early risers. Because I could not get anybody to help me get out of that dang door. I speak a little French, so I tried calling the local police to see if they could help. I gave them my address, and they told me they didn't know where I was, like, I don't know where that address is. And then they asked me if I'd been drinking, (laughs) so no help there either. No, I had not been drinking in case you are wondering. Eventually, I realized there was a Judas window on the double doors that were refusing to yield, despite my best efforts to escape. And the Judas windows were painted shut, but I was starting to get desperate. So I jimmied open the small glass window and stuck my hand out through the iron bars. And I shouted, Monsieur, to a passing shopkeeper who had shown up, or I think this was like 8.30 or 9. He was just getting in to open his flower shop for the day. And after explaining in broken French that I could not get out of the doors and looking like, the biggest idiot in the world. The shopkeeper put his hands on both the doorknobs and yanked super hard on the double doors of the foyer and they miraculously busted open. I was so relieved that I hugged him. I don't recommend that. French people aren't really huggers. And then I raced to my car to try and make the 10 a.m. train. Like I said, I've traveled by myself a lot. I've done Italy, France, Ireland, Scotland, Amsterdam, and Spain on my own at various points over the last several years. But this was the first time I'd ever felt like I have no idea what to do right now. Where do, where do I go from here? My go-to solution of calling someone else for help was not working. All of my default fixes were dead on arrival. I had to get creative about finding my way out, and I had to look for opportunities that I had not initially thought of. Do you remember when all the meta platforms went down for seven or eight hours in November of 2021? All of a sudden, there were millions of people left with no way to get in contact with followers, friends, and family. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal the next day that interviewed a business owner in Australia who said that when Meta went down, she had no way to contact any of her customers. I guess all of her client communication took place on social media. And not just social media, but on Meta platforms. Can you imagine how dire that situation must have felt for business owners who rely exclusively on Facebook ads or for folks who are only pulling in leads from Instagram? This isn't just about meta platforms. The point I'm making is that when you place all of your eggs in one basket and all of your traffic comes from one platform, you're putting yourself at risk. What happens if and when that basket falls and all of your eggs go with it? When you only have one way to fix a multifaceted problem, what happens when that solution isn't available or it stops working because social media has been the go-to form of marketing for so many business owners over the last few years a lot of us have forgotten that it's not the only form of marketing in the words of my coach our marketing muscles have atrophied so if what used to work all of a sudden stops working you're going to find yourself quickly looking for creative solutions But what if you could have been doing that all along? What if a meta outage or an Instagram hack, what if that didn't have to be the end of your ability to reach your people, making you have to start over from scratch? That is what happens when you're intentional about diversifying your marketing efforts. Real quick, photographers, are you tired of lather, rinse and repeating the same tired collection of forgettable photos from one brand session to the next? If you're ready to turn yawn-worthy galleries into the sort of results that thrill your clients and get you both noticed, then you're definitely going to want to join me for my free training, The Backstage Secret to Scroll Stopping Brand Photography. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or you're just getting started out in the world of branding, this session is for you. I'll teach you my number one strategy for crafting stories that resonate with your clients and their audience, which is the biggest secret behind creating galleries that not only look stunning, but also drive engagement and sales for your clients, which spoiler alert is what keeps them coming back for additional sessions in the future. Because as brand photographers, purposeful matters more than pretty, but who says you can't have both? Our job is to think like a marketer and shoot like an artist, but you have to have both pieces of that equation and learning to approach with the mindset of a strategist, that changes everything. So if you're raring to say goodbye to cliche galleries that simply repeat what's already clogging your Pinterest and social media, and hello to a method that drives brand loyalty and real bottom line growth, then head on over to abbygrace.co slash training. That's abbygrace.co slash training. It's time to leave those forgettable, smiling at a laptop photos in the dust in favor of a more tailored approach that's gonna leave your clients obsessed and already planning for their next shoot with you. One more time, that's abbygrace.co slash training. I'll see you in class. In episode seven, I talked about how If I were starting my business over from scratch, knowing what I know now, what would I focus on? And the fourth and final pillar from that episode is marketing, because it doesn't matter how good you are at your craft if nobody knows about you. You have to learn how to promote your own work. As a small business owner, you are also the CMO, the chief marketing officer. It's part of the territory, which is actually really exciting because it means that you get to talk about this business that you love so much And there's no boss telling you how you can or can't talk about your own work. Let's define that term really quickly though, because marketing is such a big concept. Is it advertising? Is it pitching, relationship building, blogging? Yes, it's all of those things, but it's also a lot more. I like this line from the site Investopedia. At its core, marketing seeks to take a product or service, identify its ideal customers, and draw the customer's attention to the product or service available. So the goal of marketing is to attract and retain new clients who need what you offer. And there are a lot of ways that you can do this. So why do we all seem to gravitate to social media as the default and we leave all of the other avenues of marketing off of our marketing plans? Well, There's a low barrier for entry when it comes to social media. It's free to get started, and it plays on so many of our psychological triggers, a need for belonging, the feedback loops of likes and comments, the emotional high of going viral, all of that. So it's easy to see why it's such a heavy focus for so many photographers. But social media is not the only form of marketing available to you, and it shouldn't be the only type of marketing that you're employing if you're in it for the long haul. Sometimes, though, it takes having your legs cut out from underneath you in the form of a meta outage or your account getting hacked for you to realize just how important it is for you to diversify your marketing efforts. Right after the meta outage, marketing master Julie Chanel wrote a blog post about the four buckets of external traffic. Those are search, social, relationship, and paid. We'll link to that blog post in the show notes. External traffic is how you get new eyes on your business, how new people can find and join your audience. New traffic is essential because if you keep pitching the same product to the same group of people, eventually you're going to exhaust your list. So if I were a wedding photographer and my audience is just my past and current brides who are either all happily married or within a few months of their wedding and already under contract with me... Unless I'm advertising some other kind of photography like newborns, boudoir, families, or anniversary sessions, those clients don't have any reason to buy more wedding photography from me. So I would need new people, newly engaged brides and grooms, maybe men and women anticipating an engagement soon. I would need them to join my audience. New traffic equals people who might need what you do, but who've never heard your offer before. So most photographers I've met The majority of their efforts are focused on social media, reels, TikTok stories, etc. And it's not a bad thing to master those. I don't want to discount the success that they can bring. Social media keeps you top of mind, and it can expose you to thousands of new people when you produce good content because the algorithm wants your audience to find content they enjoy in order to keep them on the platform for longer periods of time. So if you can play the social media game right, the algorithm wants to see you win. There are business owners killing it on social media right now. One of my clients, my branding clients, she's a maker and she also teaches online courses. And she went viral with one of her reels, doubled her followers in the matter of a week, and then saw a huge influx of new students for her course who found her via reels and TikTok. Social media can be a very profitable form of advertising. I don't want to discount that. But the issue here is small business owners who think that social media is the only way. So they focus all of their marketing efforts on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, and ignore the other three buckets of search, relationship, and paid marketing. When all of your traffic, and by traffic, I just mean eyes on your business, when all of that comes from one stream, and that stream dries up, you're going to be left scrambling. That stream could dry up overnight, like getting your Instagram account hacked, or it could be a slow decline, like how the iOS updates have slowly drained the reach of Facebook ads to a trickle of what they used to be. Or maybe, call me crazy, maybe you wanna be able to take a leave of absence from your business, like parental leave or a long vacation. If your marketing is dependent on you showing up in real time, how are you ever supposed to be able to step away for more than a few days at a time without risking all of your leads disappearing? When a marketing stream dries up, Your goal is to make sure that you have several other streams of traffic working for you to ensure that your income doesn't vanish along with a given stream of traffic. So how do you do this? By spreading out your marketing efforts. Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok are not the only methods available to you. What about blogging and YouTube? What about connecting with vendors in your area or popping a card in the mail or being a guest on a podcast or collaborating with a business owner in your industry? What about speaking gigs and networking groups like the Rising Tide Society? When my usual form of Instagram marketing, posting to stories in my feed and getting thousands of views or hundreds of likes, when that stopped being as effective as I was accustomed to, I will admit that I got mad. (laughs) I felt like a victim of the Silicon Valley algorithm. I didn't want to make reels. I didn't want to be on TikTok. I didn't want to have to spend more time on the hamster wheel, keeping up with whatever the social media gods told me that I needed to do in order to stay relevant. But sitting around and feeling sorry for myself wasn't going to do anything to change my engagement or my bookings or my launch numbers. I had to learn to look for marketing opportunities that I hadn't previously considered or opportunities that I'd forgotten about. I used to love blogging. I blogged every day of my first few years in business. And granted, this was a different time. This was, we're talking about 10, 12 years ago when blogging was in its heyday. Why did I get away from that? Well, because the numbers started to decline. We weren't seeing as much of an ROI on that. But also because it wasn't as shiny or as immediately gratifying as social media. However, when I look at the numbers, 25% of my brand clients find me on Google. All those blog posts are still pulling in points for me on search engines. So rather than spending an inordinate amount of time obsessing over reels edits, what if I spent that time putting together a blog post about my most recent brand shoot? Even if it doesn't get more than 100 views on the day that I post it, it's going to work over time with search engines to continue to pull in traffic. Or what if I spent time pitching myself to a few podcasts where I feel like I could bring value to somebody else's audience? That's going to leverage somebody else's audience and get new eyes on my business while also hopefully building a relationship with the podcast host by bringing great content for their audience to enjoy, making the host look really good in front of their people in the process. Maybe you're not into public speaking. That's cool. When was the last time maybe you met another business owner for lunch? Is there a vendor in your area that you'd absolutely love to work with? Could you offer to bring them lunch or coffee at their studio one day? When was the last time you connected in person with somebody or sent a piece of snail mail to an entrepreneur that you know or you would like to know? I love getting stuff in the mail. Like that's my, one of my favorite things is checking our mail every day. And so if somebody takes the time to go to the post office to send me something, I'm going to sit up and take more notice than if the same person simply double taps on all of my posts. Because yes, I do use social media. I post the occasional reel. I love sharing on stories and I try to keep my feed updated with recent work. I know that there's more that I could be doing with short form video to reach more people because like it or not, Instagram does give preference to Reels content and I haven't even begun to try and conquer TikTok. I have like 37 followers over there. So there's, I know there's more that I could be doing, but I'm not obsessing over it because I don't wanna build a marketing plan that works well for now, but breaks once Instagram or TikTok decides that there's a new format that they wanna push or they change the algorithm again. The goal here is to develop a well-rounded marketing plan that involves something from every bucket of search, social, relationship, and paid. If all of your eggs are in any one basket and that basket falls, you'll likely find that a significant portion of your income goes with it. A well-rounded marketing plan helps you avoid that sort of disaster situation, and it also allows you to rest easier, not feeling like you have to use every shiny new feature that the social media gurus start pushing. Why? Because you're not solely dependent on one channel for all of your clients. Well-rounded marketing means that your business is more likely to survive the ebbs and flows of a crazy market because you're more evenly distributing your efforts. It's like how the experts advise that if you ever find yourself on thin ice and you're afraid that you might fall through, the key is to distribute your weight over a larger area by laying down and rolling to safety instead of attempting to walk, which would put all of your weight, more pounds per inch of pressure, on a smaller surface area and would more likely result in falling through the ice. That's what we're doing here. We don't want to break the ice. So by spreading out and purposefully focusing on marketing to more than just your social media followers, you are increasing the number of places that you make contact with your audience and you're relieving the pressure of needing to generate all of your new leads from just one or two avenues. You might be thinking, but Abby, all of my leads come from Instagram or all my leads are coming from TikTok. Like it's working for me. Yeah, but like if you have that many leads coming from just one place, can you imagine how much more effective it would be if you started marketing on any of the other areas like search, relationship, and paid? Because when you can spread out those marketing efforts, when you can diversify your marketing channels, you'll find yourself with a business that's better able to weather the storm of an unpredictable market or changes at home and in your personal life, heck, even a pandemic. I hope this leaves you encouraged instead of discouraged. What I don't wanna do is give you a laundry list of all of these other things that you have to add to what feels like an already packed marketing calendar. What I'm trying to do is give you permission to spend a little less time on social media, to spread out those marketing efforts, to create a more sustainable system of leads that are coming from multiple different directions. Real quick, if you haven't taken a moment to leave a review for the podcast, would you do that? Those reviews are super helpful for new listeners trying to decide whether or not to take a chance and listen. And we'd also love to hear what you think. These are just a few of my favorite lines from some of our past reviews from Katrina. Every time I listen to Abby speak, I can actually envision myself in business for a long time. I appreciate her wealth of knowledge when it comes to growing your business without losing your sanity. This one from Maureen, Abby is down to earth and genuine, and the things she shares about her mistakes and growth points along the way feel like they just as easily could have been me. So I appreciate this future version of me being there to help the present me be mindful of what I'm doing and pitfalls to check myself for. I love that. And this one from Erin, Abby's podcast and all of her content is like having a cheat code. Years of hard-earned business acumen and wisdom made so easily accessible is such a blessing to have. Yes, love that. So good. I'm grateful for you for the chance to share what I've learned directly into your ears via this podcast. Thanks for sticking with me, friend. I'll see you inside the next episode. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, remember to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode and head over to abbygrace.co slash podcast for even more resources to help you blow your clients away at your very next brand shoot. I'm Abby Grace, and I'll see you next time. Now let's go get after it, shall we?